0: you last week's Sunday. We've got our seatbelts on and we're ready. Right. Been four weeks since I last preached. I know you guys have missed me because I'm a really good preacher. <laughs> Whoa, power, put the kettle on. I was so excited when I heard what you guys had Prayed about what God had spoken to you. Um, And that's why I don't come to the prayer meetings. Uh, There's no other reason, but I don't like to be influenced by what is said in the prayer meetings. I like to be able to hear and say, wow. And so the the title of what I want to preach on this morning is, Why do I exist? Why do I exist? And Andre and them said, What is our purpose? Why do I exist? How? If I asked you that question, why do you exist, what would your answer be? I'm gonna go one by one, so you you guys are gonna be ready. I'm gonna start with Rudy. Why do you exist? Sean, fix cars up. Thank goodness for Sean, fixing my car up. But why do we exist? You know what, it's actually your choice. It's your choice. Back there in the Garden of Eden, God actually gave Adam and Eve the choice of why they existed and what they should do. And so my my question this morning is, what are you going to do with that choice that God has given you? What what are you going to do with it? And do you make your decisions according to your conviction We heard about that this morning as well. Or do you make your decisions about your preferences, about convenience, about comfort? Which one do you make your decisions about? I've got to walk because I'm trying to get my steps up. No, that's not true. Donnie does that, but I don't. Do you make your decisions for convenience or comfort? So why do we exist? What is our, our, our purpose? According to the word, not according to our preferences. What is God's, uh, uh, what is his purpose? You know, you know what? The word sin comes from the word hamatia. Which means to miss the mark. So, if God wants you to hit this mark and you miss it, that's actually sin. And so, if God is calling you to something and you miss that mark, it's actually sin. Have you got a rifle with scopes on it, or have you got a shotgun and you just baa like a gangster? Tsh, tsh, Or you're a a sniper, just hitting everything that you aim at. And I really believe that as a people, as individuals, we were born for such a time as this. We might think, oh, it was easier back then. I want to tell you, I'm 60, and when I was 20, things were a lot easier than they are now. for a whole lot of reasons and I'm not going into them but as time has moved on things have got more difficult but you know what the word of God actually tells us that times will get more difficult yes we speak about revival and God's spirit being poured out but it doesn't mean that it won't be more difficult So three reasons why we exist that we see in the word. First one, Matthew 22 and verse 37, it says, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So the first reason is to love the Lord with everything inside of us. I want to tell you last week when I was sick and I couldn't get up and come to church Patty had to almost lay hands on me to keep me in bed. Eventually she convinced me that it wasn't about me but it was about me making others sick that I need to stay at home. And so that can convince me because she's living for others. But I wasn't living, living for myself to be comfortable and to take the, the uh, Sunday off and it was lacquer in bed and Guys, if, if if we're living in that place of convenience and comfort, we're not fulfilling the reason that God put us on the face of the earth. So what does it look like? I wrote this down while I was having my quiet time. We are not looking for power and position, but we are looking for his presence. We're looking for his presence. We need to be those that are we, we addicts to the presence of God. Have you had those times when I'm, I'm sitting in my office and I'm, I'm preparing for Sunday and, and I begin to pray and I've got worship on the next minute and I just feel the presence of God come? I can close up shop. I don't have to go on Sunday. I tell you, I've, I've had a taste of God. But my, my purpose is to come and to encourage you guys, to stretch you guys, to, to bring you into a place where you are able to love the Lord your God with everything inside of you. Everything. When I hear from people, oh, I, I won't be there because of this, you know what? It, uh, it's not about Sunday meetings, your purpose and your existence. It's not about Sunday meetings. It's about, firstly, love the Lord your God. Are you spending time regularly in the presence of God? Or do you come on a Sunday and we have great worship and we, we, uh, we get excited about God and uh, we dive off the speakers like we saw in the picture there and on Monday morning we dive under the carpet at work. There was a lot of talk of freedom. Freedom only comes when we live out the words that Jesus Christ gives us. They don't come just, I'm free, I'm free. No, you are only free when you live out what God has called you to live out. When, when, When you have a problem with alcohol, you are not free until you stop the alcohol. And you're able to walk forward into that. You've got a problem with anger. You're not free until you can go through situations where you normally would have responded in anger and not respond in anger. And I could just start touching all the things in a marriage. You're not free if these things are not in place. You're not free if your wife isn't serving you like a slave. It's what the Word says. It's what the Word says. I'll get Andrew's... No, no, the other... We don't worry about the other part. Andrew, and, and, and Andrew Andrew said, Andrew said to us, he said, he said to the ladies, ladies, you always want to go to the... You must lay down your life. He said, no, don't worry about the lay down your life. That's not your part. Your part is slave. Hey, Rudy, you like this church, huh? I, I want to honestly tell you that my wife does that to the best of her ability. No, you, she does it to the best of her ability. Sometimes sometimes she embarrasses me how she serves me. I do take the rubbish out once a week. I lay down my laugh. I do feed the dogs in the morning and the evening. I do clean the budgie cage when it needs to be done. I do watch sports all day Saturday. And I say, coffee, lunch. And you know what, she doesn't even moan, she'll just do it. And I want you to know that my wife is a strong lady. You don't mess with her. If she doesn't choose to do what she does, it won't won't happen, I'll run. She will sort me out. Just bluff, man. (laughs) We're not looking for power and position, but presence. Guys, back in, hopefully I don't cry now because it's sorted out. Back in August 2013, Patty and I, packed up our house in Gauteng, Benoni, and we moved down to Cape Town. Up to Cape Town. No, down. It's high altitude up there. It's not about altitude, it's about attitude. (laughs) But we packed up and we came to Cape Town because we'd been asked to come to Cape Town. We did not come to Cape Town because it was a lack of place to be. All our grandchildren were situated in Gauteng, and we did not want to come down. We were ready to become grandparents. We were physically already, but we were ready to lay down jobs and stuff. We owned two houses. I drove a Mercedes Benz. I, I was living in Gauteng like I could have and become a grandparent. But you know what? We were asked to come down. And we came. Because we believed that God was calling us to Cape Town. Patty didn't want to believe it. She, she threw a tantrum. and Afrikaans, they'd say, flue, That's what she was doing. <laughs> That's allowed. That's what it is. Yep, there we go, all Afrikaans people. You've got to be careful of the Afrikaans words you use. I'm very careful. I research them. <laughs> but you've got to be careful because in the nowadays, they're different to the dictionary days. But I, I, resourced, I researched that one with my elders, the Afrikaans elders. That's all of them. But you know what, if, if you want to follow God and you want to live out what He has called you to do, the Word tells us in Matthew 8 and verse 34, if anyone intends to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Guys, you know that a cross is not that little thing that people wear on their chest here. Whether it's got Jesus on or He's come off, it's not that thing. A cross was a killing instrument. It was the instrument that the Romans used to kill people. They would put you up on that thing. Have you ever got a tiny little splinter in your finger? They got these big grungy things. They went into your back. They were rough. They were. Uh, you know what? When Patty and I, we grow aloes. We got quite a few aloes, and so every now and again, an aloe gets a, a snail on the leaf. And we want to get it out there. Jeez, by the time it comes out, you've got all these little cuts all over your arms. That's an aloe. That's not a cross. We've got to deny ourselves. What, what does it mean to deny ourselves? Get yourself up on the cross. No, it's not. That's just an illustration. To deny yourself is anything that cuts across the purpose of God for your life, you have to lay it down. You have to lay it down. I was 34 years old in 1995, and we went to Nelspray to start a church. Patty always says we went to plant a church. I said, hey, babes, people don't know what planting a church is. We went to start a church. We didn't have a clue. I was a mechanical engineer working as a production manager. I got a phone call from the company I used to work for. They offered me better money at better rates if I would start working in Nelspray. I said to, to Patsy, because the money was drying up, I said, Baze, what about? He said, hey, we didn't come here to have a better lifestyle. We came here to start a church. So anything that across, cuts across your life. If you sit there and think now, I bet you can, there, there are things that are cutting across your life that are stopping you doing what Jesus asked you to do. You know what's easy for me? It's not a Sunday meeting or a Wednesday meeting. That's two little things. Because I know if you get the other things in place, those things will just fall into place. Do I worship on a Sunday morning? You know what? When we stand, stand in front of Jesus one day, how are we going to worship? Not all of us will worship the same. I don't want to put that on you either. I do believe there'll be a passion in our hearts and excitement. When, can you imagine when the, the stage and the curtain opens and the king walks out? I'll be on my face. I won't be jumping around being clever about how I worship. Dead men cannot fight for their lives. I want to tell you, it's going to get messy. As you allow the Holy Spirit and God to fight for your life, it's going to get messy. Yo, we've had, we've had messy. The first, we've been married this coming year, 40 years. I know, we, I know we're like one or two behind Linda and Andre. It really grinds me that that I'm not the most. (laughs) 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 And I can't change it unless I kill one of them. (laughs) But I tell you what, the first five years, the first five years of our marriage were a disaster. I don't know how we stayed married. I won't tell you how we did, but I, I don't know how we stayed married. And then kids started coming along, so it makes the attachment a little bit stronger. But let me tell you, Patsy came out of a house where her mom was the boss. That's a very strong lady. She's grown up in that environment. She came out of that house where her dad was like, yes, maybe, oh, yeah, baby." And I came out of a house where my father was like. So you take those two types of people and you put them in the same thing. And there's a lot of. (laughs) I, I, I remember one day, this is a story we tell with glee. There was a day we had an argument. We had our three boys already, so it wasn't even five years. We had our three boys, and they were tiny, and uh, Patty said to me, I'm leaving you. So the first thing, she, if she says she's leaving me, we only had one car. I would grab the car keys and put them in my pocket. <laughs> you can leave if you want to, but you're not leaving with the car. So, this one day, she's, I'm leaving you. She didn't even worry about the three kids. She was out the, I uh, locked the security gate, so that it, and it's raining, and she's standing by the gate. She goes, Mommy, Mommy, please don't leave, Mommy. And Mommy's in her, in those days, I think it was still a crimpeline dress with her high heel shoes. And she was off up the road. She was go, and the neighbor across the road pulls up next to her Can I give you a lift anywhere? They know that we lead a com, And can I give you a lift? Oh, no, no, I'm going home now. Her favorite one, as I say, we're leading a com, And Patty had her hair permed, so she was like, hmm. was like serious hair, let me tell you. Yuck. And, and it had like a thing on the front here. <laughs> and, and, and birds could lay their eggs over here. <laughs> so anyway, she was giving me a hard time. She used, to, she used to do everything she could to make me angry. Because she knew then I'd sin. And I'd have to say I'm sorry. So anyway, she, she saw one day, hey, I've stepped over the line with Roland. I've never laid a hand on her, but she thought, whoa, now I've pushed it too far. So she runs into the bedroom, and she locks the door behind her, and she sits on the bed with my smallest son, Joel. Well, please, Mr. Barnard. Hand through the door. <coughs> Open the door from the inside. I get in there. Her eyes are like this. I'm like, I just started laughing. I couldn't believe it. Ha, 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 ha. So you can see, we've had, a, we've had our moments. But you know what? Our, our passion for the Lord is something that's brought us through those moments when we didn't think we could make it. What does it mean to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind? You know what? When you ask people that, most of them will say Obedience. And some have tried it as obedience. And sometimes in your walk with God, it has to be obedience. When you go through those desert experiences, it just has to be obedience. But let me tell you, people can be obedient but not love. Who knows that? You can be obedient but not love. It's like that thing of submission. I'm I'm sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. For me, we need to have a passion for God. A passion for God speaks about love and obedience equals passion. If you've got a formula. Love plus obedience. And so we need to, that's why we need to take the opportunity whenever we can to worship. When we come together like this, it's, it's actually a... It's a privilege to be able to worship together. Worshipping on your own is not as easy as worshiping together. Well, I found that. I don't know about you guys. Second reason love, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. Love. That, guy, that word love is actually acapeo. Ak- yeah, that one. It's a verb. It's not a noun. It says love. It means love. It doesn't mean, oh, I love you. Don't, don't you find it too easily said, oh, I love you. And the next minute when you turn your back, they're saying things about you that are not nice. A verb is love. It's to live a life out that brings glory to God. 1 John 4 and verse 7, it says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God, and anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. If you don't love God, God, if you don't love, you don't know God. Can we not put the generator off? Yeah, huh? oh. I just thought for a minute I can hear something. Third reasons: Go and make disciples. The church is the one uh, is the one club that exists for the for the benefit of the non-members. We live for the benefit of those that are not members. While we are waiting, which one about love? And the last scriptures, go and make disciples. Matthew 28 and verse 18 to 20. Guys, we need to go and make disciples. You know what? The word doesn't say go and make converts. If you bring somebody to church and they give their life to serving Jesus, I want you, as the person that brought them, to take responsibility and to walk out there, help them to walk out their initial growth with Jesus. You can't just leave them and hope that it's going to happen. No, we are not here for converts, we are here for disciples. If we're not doing this, we need to reassess our lives. You know what, folk? We need to be speaking to people about Jesus on a regular basis. We really do. We we need to be those that are, uh, Hemi, that was the other week before, and he preached his lungs out and his kidneys and everything. Uh, He said to me, I can't believe anyone got saved. I said, because probably everyone here is saved. And it's like there's no new people coming on a regular basis. I just loved the scripture the other day, speaking of evangelism. John 9 and verse 25, it says, He replied, the guy speaking that has been healed, whether he is a sinner or not, speaking about Jesus. I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Use your testimony. I was blind, but now I can see. I was sick, but now I'm healed. I was not saved, but I am saved now. My marriage was in trouble, but now it's doing a whole lot better. We need to be those people. Do you, I wonder if you could just close your eyes this morning and bow your heads. I wonder if you've thought about this, that Jesus took on the form of a man. Jesus, Holy Spirit, and the Father were sitting in heaven, and Jesus said to the Father, I think it's time for me to go down. And the Father said, go. He came down here. He lived as a man, as you and me. No supernatural powers, but He lived like you and me. And then, He took our sin upon Himself. And He allowed Himself to be hung up on a cross. Let me tell you, there's no ways they could have done that if He didn't allow it. Maybe you're sitting there this morning and you think, oh, but, you know, I'm a good person. I want to say to you this morning that good people don't go to heaven. Saved people go to heaven. I remembered for a long period of my life before I got saved, I would think to myself, but I'm not good enough to get saved yet. You know what? You never have to be good enough to be saved. You never have to be good enough. So this morning, we need to recalibrate our hearts. And I want to say to you this morning that you can't do it on your own. Some of the words that came, you can't do it on your own. You can only do it with those that are sitting on your left and your right, those that are friends and family. You cannot do it on your own. So this morning, if you are in a place where you know that today is the day that I want to respond to Jesus Christ. I may have done this before. I may have uh, pushed forward in this before, but I, I, my walk with God has been dead. It's dry. It's, it's non-existent. I'm not fulfilling the purposes of God. I'm not loving God, loving people, and loving others. You in that place this morning, I wonder if you'd stick your hand up. We want to pray for you. Be courageous. You might be the only person, yeah. But one day when you stand in front of Jesus, He'll say, because you confessed me, I confess you today. You are a son or a daughter. Is anyone like that this morning? You're not sure that you are in the right place. Okay, maybe you... you, Your walk with God is is ongoing. But at the same time, you find yourself with reoccurring problems in your life that you cannot overcome, you cannot defeat, that you're thinking, why do I carry on doing this? You're not going to do it on your own. You need to be recalibrated this morning. And that's going to happen with friends, with family with those around you this morning. They're gonna pray for you if you find yourself in that place. I wonder if you could stand up this morning and I'm gonna ask the people around you to, to just stand up next to you. Guys, none of you got problems. courageous people. People that are wanting to make the adjustments, are wanting to be recalibrated, that their walk with God would go to another level. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I wonder if you guys could just get around those people if they're close to you. More than one, please. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Lord, Lord, we beg you this morning to bring these people into a place of freedom that, Lord, You would break loose the chains and the bondages that continue to pull them down. I pray for them. I pray that because they are courageous, Lord, You would stand with them. You would encourage them. You would bring them closer to Yourself through Your Holy Spirit. I thank You for that this morning. I thank You for that, Lord. And, Lord, as we pray, I just pray that Your love would come down that your love would come down in the name of Jesus. Guys, you need to know that Jesus has already died. He doesn't have to die again. All you we do is respond to God and He will come in and He will make the changes. Thank you, Lord. while they're praying, maybe for the rest of us, we've heard the message and the question is asked, what is my purpose? And the purpose is to love God